Great night for former Minnesota Wild players tonight as Matt Dumba was honored by the Wilds. Nick Bugstead scored a hat-trick. Jason Zucker had a couple points. Jack McBain had a couple of points here in this one tonight. Just uh, another embarrassing showing against the uh, Arizona Coyotes. Uh, we'll attempt to break down whatever it is and lay down the official position of Locked on Wild as of 9.53 p.m. on January 13th, 2024. Time for Locked on Wild postcast. Let's fire up. You are Locked On Wild Postcast, part of Locked On Minnesota on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody. Uh, Locked On Wild Postcast underway up here from the XL Energy Center. Apologies for going a little earlier here tonight than we typically do, but obviously the weather outside is a concern. And so we're going to get this recorded so that uh, we can get on the road and get home um, before some of this really sets in. Um, and to be honest, there's not a whole lot to uh, to break down in this one tonight. The Minnesota Wilds get laughed off the ice again, six, nothing. Um, honestly, this game really was not close at any point. And it just continues this theme of the wild just not being anywhere close to good enough against these teams that uh, they're chasing in the postseason picture. And so uh, before we dive into some of the things that I observed, Zach, what did you think? Yeah, you know, the wild played it just as cold as the weather is outside. Uh, nothing really went from and when it did, Connor Ingram was there to shut the door. NHL leading fifth shutout for that guy. And you know, props to him, but the Wild really had nothing going for him. Just makes me wonder, you know, the the narrative was, oh, Kaprizov's out, everybody's out. You know, there's no reason for us to be winning these games. But, you know, when Gustafson comes back and Kaprizov is back in the lineup, it makes you wonder and you're not scoring any more goals than you you usually are. And and so now it's, you know, obviously Brodeen and Spurgeon are out still, but so you're going to give up a, a couple goals most likely. But then when you have all of your offensive pieces back together, you're still not scoring. So it just gives the fans and everyone else a lot of questions moving forward here. Yeah, and it was um, it was not a great night for Philip Gustafson tonight. And Zach, as I had mentioned to you during the game, uh, credit to Arizona for doing a really good job of getting Gustafson to commit out front and working him side to side. That's how Bugstead got both of his early goals is Clayton Keller did a fantastic job of distracting him um, at the at the top of the crease, pulling him out to the top of the crease, anticipating that the shot was coming from Keller. And then he's able to find Bugstead and Gustafson is just too far out of position to be able to make the save. That happened once. It happened again. And uh I mean, for as much, for as little rust as we saw from Kirill Kaprizov, a big amount of rust from Philip Gustafson in this one, which leads to some of those questions that we talked about, um, about the status of this team and the fact that they continue to try to push for a postseason spot. Are they bringing guys back too quickly? Um, Are, are we, do we have guys that are, in the lineup that are still not fully healthy. And so huge concern. Uh, again, I, I think Locked on Wild has moved into hashtag the greater good um, to just try to get through this listless last 40 games of the season. But again, 
I'm going to talk to the the side of the argument that is still optimistic and heard it on the broadcast tonight that the Wild have the I think third easiest schedule in the NHL the rest of the way but here's my point here's my point to push back on that how can you call it an easy remaining schedule if you can't beat any of the teams that you're playing so I think I think we're officially calling it here tonight at least I am officially calling it that it's it's time to look to the draft this year. This is not a team that is anywhere close to being ready to compete for a postseason for a postseason spot. The the Wild won games earlier this season without Jared Spurgeon and Jonas Brodeen in the lineup. It, it's just the overall demeanor of this team. It's a team that looks defeated. Like they look defeated when they go through these games. I mean, we Zach, we saw it in the booth up here is that as Arizona just continued to um, add goals, you could just see the vibe and the energy leave this team. And that's the thing for me that's concerning because this is not the first time this has happened. This is now the second time this season that it seems like this team has just lost the will to continue. Yeah, I mean, it's the eighth loss in the last nine games, and the last win was against Columbus, and somehow the Wild pulled that one out. I mean, that was an incredible flurry game, absolutely. But it's just it's kind of frustrating to see, you know, it's nine straight unanswered goals from the Philly game to now this game tonight. And, you know, there's just nothing going for this team right now. I don't I don't even know where to start. It's it's frustrating to see. And I think that every chance the Wild had tonight, there were some good chances. Like Terrell was played probably the best Wild player on the ice tonight. And, you know, it's of course you expect that. But then you also expect other people to stand up next to him and and to put in the same effort and i don't think we're quite seeing that i think the fourth line got a lot of minutes just from my perspective um you know and in duham i i saw was pretty energetic out there i, I like this play tonight but other than that there was really nothing to like break down and see you know it's a terrible night for philip gustafson his first one back after a lower body injury and who knows if he's a hundred percent or not i mean it, it, there's just everything. It was like Swiss cheese out there, you know, almost everything's going in and then flurry comes in to save the day, but you know, he can only do so much when you're down five goals. So yeah, this team's in a tough spot and you know, it's just one of those games that makes you have a lot of questions. So who knows what's going to happen moving forward. I think they got New York, New York Islanders coming in as the next home game. So, I mean, they're not that bad either. And like you have one of the easiest schedules, but yeah, if you can't beat these teams, you're starting to become part of other teams' easy schedules because you are now a bottom feeder. So I don't know how far that that stat can go, but man, it's it's really the vibes here were low tonight. Um, you know, the wild fans still popped out even even though the weather was terrible. And this is what you show them after who knows how much they're spending on tickets. It's just it's just kind of a sad reality. But yeah. hey, that's just what it is tonight. Tank baby, tank baby. Um, yeah, I'm. We'll get to the comments here in a little bit, but I do want to mention because I just saw John's comment pop up. Um, it's it's alarming, and I know this isn't how this team is built, but it's alarming to me how much faster this Arizona team looks. Yeah. Like they were flying all over the place. They were. It seemed like every time they, um. Every time they pushed down the ice, it was an odd man rush. Like, credit to the Arizona Coyotes. That's a fun team to watch. No, absolutely. And there's much younger than the Minnesota Wild are. I mean, the, all these kids are, you know, 
fresh out of college, it feels like. Obviously, not all of them are, but most of them are. And, you know, when you rally around Clayton Keller, how electric he was tonight, he almost got a hat trick. And when a guy like Nick Bukestad, who the Wild let go of because he's not one of those top six guys, gets a hat trick, I mean, it just shows you about what this team is willing to do. And, you know, you got Matt Dumba returning to the X. I guarantee you, like I said this in the pregame, that the team was hype when he, when he comes back. And he's a big locker room guy, and obviously we know that. Um, and Arizona just absolutely rallied tonight. It's so solid to see them, you know, put on shots and shots that count. And I think that's when you get Gustafson moving left to right early on and you're throwing passes around the slot looking for options. It says a lot about your team. They they came out hot in the first period. It's hard to do that in a way arena, especially the XL Energy Center. And, man, they just took advantage of a goal who hasn't played in a while and a team that's been struggling, and that's exactly what happened tonight. It's, it's uh, textbook. Yeah, and it's it's frustrating too because you bring up a great point in that Arizona made it a priority. They made it an emphasis to try to move Gustafson off his spot. It seemed like tonight for the Wild, the shots either came from the top of the zone and were nowhere close to the net or the shots came directly into Connor Ingram's pads. It seemed like all of the shots were like right into those easy save areas. And, you know, you have the one and I had um, I made this point on Twitter, too. You had the one shot by Kaprizov in which the Coyotes were able to prevent from being a goal where Ingram was sprawled out in the crease. And if you can just get a little loft on that shot, as opposed to just firing it straight into the straight into the ice. I mean, Hartman had the one right in front where he just fires it right into the pads of um, of Ingram. Like, it seems like all the shots that this team takes are in just the, the hardest areas to score. Like, let's get some elevation on these shots. And that just, that speaks to, I think, just kind of the, the overall skill and talent for this team. Um, and then it just, it seems like it's a lot of guys that really are limited and it, it what you have right now is just not anywhere close like that's the thing is you can it's one thing if you go into a game like this and you lose close and you can say okay we're starting to build um we're starting to build kind of back into the right direction but every game like this is just so far away from where it needs to be which is why i think we kind of have decided that it's tank season baby yeah, I mean, all props to Connor Ingram. I'll say it again, but, you know, he stood up when they needed him the most, and the Wild really couldn't generate any offense because of those saves. And, you know, we saw a lot from the from the slot here today, and all of them were stuffed. I mean, the Wild had some really good opportunities, um, all stuffed. Like I said, zero goals in, in an away arena, leads the league in shutouts, and that's just what the Wild ran into tonight. You know, it's an it's unfortunate reality, but when you face a goalie like that, I mean, you got to put pucks on net, and clearly – there weren't enough opportunities and from a play wise, like I really didn't see anything other than just like, Oh, I'm going to shoot it. I'm not going to look for options kind of thing. And if you did look for options, it was more like, I'm going to force this option and I'm going to, you know, it, nothing really went. It's like, you can't, you can't rely on always shooting just like these unreal, like good angles. Don't get me wrong. But when Connor Ingram's got no screen in front of him, he's going to make those saves. And the wild really didn't take advantage of the power plays and, and putting someone in front of them. And that's why stuffed everything tonight. So props in. Yeah. It just, we're right back to, uh, we're right back to kind of where things were at. Um, when Dean Evison was let go and 
you know, this is fun. Like a um, bunch of family and friends for, um, I think, Nick Bugstead down there, getting a chance to talk to him uh, after the game. Um, fun night for fun night for Nick Bugstead, fun night for Matt Dumba, fun night for, you know, a lot of those former Wild players. Not a fun night at all for the uh, Minnesota Wild. Um, Six nothing loss here. Uh, we'll take a look at some of your comments in just a bit, but I mean, beyond that, there's not a whole lot to say. Uh, just another another one of those games that you just add into the hopper of uh, of what this team has done throughout the course of this season. Thankfully, because the uh, Buffalo Sabers lost, they had initially pulled ahead of the Wild in the Tankathon standings, but Minnesota Wild now back in sixth place having lost four in a row they're four points behind the columbus blue jackets that's what we're chasing right now that is what we are going to be chasing and honestly like this will be something i talk about in uh, a couple of future episodes but like i i know i have um i know i have talked about um I don't know what you can do to kind of change this picture to kind of shake this roster up. I'm getting to the point now where I don't think you have a choice. I don't think you can justify bringing this mix back after this now has happened twice this season. Um, I, I think you're going to have to make some major moves in the off season because like, it is very clear that there is something fatally wrong with this team and if you if you tell the fans that we're just going to run it back you're going to lose a lot of people you're going to lose a lot more people than you already have so i'm moving more towards the you're going to have to take less to move a guy you don't have a choice because this this mix is not working so we'll talk about that more we'll talk your comments we'll uh, we'll get through a bunch of different things as we continue tonight's Locked on Wild postcast, the Minnesota Wild list their way through a 6-0 loss to the Arizona Coyotes. More on the way after this. Tonight's Locked on Wild postcast is brought to you by Sleeper. And with the fact that we have pushed through the halfway point of the NHL season, uh, Minnesota Wild looking further and further like a postseason spot is just not a reality. You can still win big by playing daily fantasy hockey on Sleeper, the official daily fantasy app of the Locked On NHL Network. Sleeper is our number one choice for daily fantasy sports and especially daily fantasy hockey because with Sleeper, you can win 100, 100 times your cash in daily fantasy hockey contests. All you have to do is pick weather players such as Connor McDavid, Alex Ovechkin, Sidney Crosby, or Nathan McKinnon, will record more or less than their sleeper projections for things like goals, assists, saves, plus, minus, and more in a given game. If you took Nick Bugstead tonight, boy, you uh, you had a good one here uh, in this one. So if you did take Nick Bugstead in your sleeper lineup, major props. Sleeper is easy enough that all it takes is 60 seconds for you to fill out your lineup. You can also play daily fantasy NFL, NBA, MLB, and college football on sleeper as well. Use promo code LOCKDOWNNHL and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's code LOCKDOWNNHL. See Sleeper's terms of use for details and locational availability. Tonight's Lockdown Wild postcast also brought to you by Jace Medical. 
Folks, I know we come to the world of sports to escape some of the crazy realities going on in real life, but can we just talk for a minute about preparing for real life? According to the FDA, pharmacies are running out of antibiotics like amoxicillin right in the middle of the worst flu season in over a decade. Folks, that's a scary thought in and of itself. I can't imagine what it would be like to have a member of my family get sick while supply chain issues keep them from life-saving medication that they need. Thankfully, we'll be okay because of Jace Medical. The Jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, including UTIs, respiratory infections, sinusitis, skin infections, amongst others. These can pop up at any time without warning. Visit jacemedical.com and complete your physician encounter, which will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. It has never been more important to be prepared than today. Go to jacemedical.com and use offer code locked on to get $20 off your order. Again, head to jacemedical.com and use offer code locked on to get $20 off your order. Welcome back to tonight's Lockdown Wild Postcast, live from the XL Energy Center of the Minnesota Wild Fall by a score of six to nothing to the Arizona Coyotes. Seth Topol and Zach Zeman hanging out here from the press box and uh let's go all the way back to the uh beginning here and uh i'm gonna just let you uh share your thoughts zach on some of these let's start with nathan i bet this will be billy g's last coaching hire for the minnesota wild we talked about this a little bit earlier this week it just seems like the seat is getting hotter and hotter as these losses mount because you know the expectation is that this is going to be a playoff team and even with the changes that have happened throughout this season, there still is going to be an expectation that something is done to get back to that. And if they don't do it again next year, that that could be it. I mean, we're we're really getting to a point, and it seems like this has derailed very quickly. We're really getting to a point where this thing has started to go sideways in a bad way. Yeah, I think there's a lot of things that Wild fans don't see typically, and that's John Hines still hasn't talked to the media after this one. I'm I'm assuming something behind the scenes is going on. Probably some. Logic. He he. I will say yeah. that they typically about 20 minutes after, and so um, he's he's working his way there. We're yeah. just we're just going a little early, so I will hop in for that one. Yeah, I mean, I I still I just like you know I, clearly I hope some initiatives taken place behind the scenes here, but you know. I don't want to speak too far in advance and say that Billy G's on like the hottest seat ever, but you know, I'm an optimist. I, you know, I'm, this is still halfway through the season. Um, you know, obviously the a team goes through a lot in a season, you know, let's not forget when the St. Louis blues won the 20, 2019 Stanley cup, they were the worst team in the league at the halfway mark and kind of came back and won it all. So, Hey, still some optimism, the greater good, the people's podcast, <laughs> but you never know. I, I don't, I don't really want to answer that question. Cause I think yeah. it's just so hard to answer right now. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously coming after this loss, it's a valid question to ask. I can totally see how the fans are frustrated and, you know, props to it, but okay. yeah. And it, it just, it continues. These games continue to look the exact same way is you see the opponent score an early goal and there just is no ability to overcome that level of adversity, which leads to a team that just kind of looks defeated out there on the ice, which is something that you just you can't have. So let's um, let's go to some of the uh, other comments here. Hoptics joining us, having a single competent defenseman out of six 
just isn't going to win you games unless you have the offense that can offset that. I feel bad for Brock, and I really hope this doesn't um, mess with his confidence. Um, honestly, like I think Faber is one of those players that, if anything, the losing he, he's one of those guys that it's very clear to tell that the losing gets to him. And those are the kinds of guys that I think you want to build around. And that's why this is such a big point in this season to just see kind of who gets annoyed by what is going on on the ice. I mean, early on in the season, you had Pat Maroon kind of saying that, like, this is just unacceptable and something's got to change. The team has to, to start winning games. But you just you have to have um, you've got to have other guys in this mix that just rise up and just don't accept losing as an outcome. And the Wild will start to find more and more of those guys. I mean, Faber's clearly one of those guys. And so you just continue to kind of accumulate those players into your leadership group. And then they are the ones that lead the team through tough spots it just from my perspective just seems like there is way too much of just kind of shoulder shrugging right now like eh, it, they lost this game there's another one coming up on monday and that's the kind of thing that you can't have and that's the kind of thing that needs to be removed from the equation but uh optics is right here too like we continue to see and i know this team won games without brodine and spurgeon in the lineup we just continue to see what is something that I think they're going to have to address in the drafts and in the offseason is that there just is a lack of depth from a blue line perspective uh, beyond like Brock Faber, Jake Middleton. You know, Beyond that, it's pretty thin. Yeah, I mean, you can see how frustrated Faber gets, especially in Dallas. I mean, just smashing his stick like that. But that's all valid. And I feel like in this point of Faber's career, he's supposed to look up to, to his defensive men like, I mean, Brodeen and Spurgeon are out and it's almost like he's st- having to take the next step up and be a leader, um, you know, and and when these Iowa guys come in, you know, that, that's okay. But at what time like, do they get to step up too? And, and we're not really seeing a bunch of motivation in the, in the back six. And it's just, it's kind of frustrating to see, you know, you give up six against Arizona on home ice. It's, it's, it's a problem. Like it's no doubt about it. And, you know, it's, it's interesting that some of the guys, the wild are calling up are, really just not really making a difference. And especially in, in this time where the lights on them to, you know, make a name for themselves, it's still not happening. I feel like that's been the the message for January. It's like, who's going to step up? And that's what we said when we predicted the schedule in January, who's going to make that step. And, you know, on the back six, it doesn't really look like much is happening except for Faber. And, you know, the frustration is definitely starting to catch up to him. I know, obviously it's not intentional, but you know, it is what it is. And I think Faber is a young gun, obviously. And, you know, tempers when you're a rookie like that are are definitely low and or and they can get high. But, you yeah. know, it's it's just what it is. And it's unfortunate. Yeah. And, you know, to Faber's credit, anytime he has had a play that you can point to as a mistake, he owns up to it. And then some and he usually goes out and he does something to impact the game in a good way. But there just are a lot of guys where that isn't the case with them. There are a lot of other guys in the lineup where a bad play gets compounded by another bad play and it just leads to this vicious cycle in which three, four, five bad plays in a row lead to a goal for the opponent. And you don't have the offense right now to be able to offset that. 
and it's just it's just a vicious cycle um john asking about his name counterpart not spelled the same way it was just two for two for uh no vibes tonight uh in the penalty department but you know the one behind the the one behind the net on the wild side of the ice i just tilted my head back and i just wanted to expel the loudest groan of annoyance possible to express my frustration with that type of a play but again that's that you have guys in one column that are impacting games only in a negative way and until they start to impact on the positive side this kind of stuff is just going to continue to happen and um two power play goals for Arizona tonight two of them and you know you got to stay out of the box especially when you're at home and especially when the first one comes on the power play there so it's it's just in a, you're putting your team in a bad spot immediately heading to the box there um you know it's it's just unacceptable yeah and you know I'll I'll keep moving through like the Brian mentions it too is that the the Coyotes had like they they did not shoot a ton in this game but they're shooting accurately. Like the Minnesota Wilds did have, I think, 37 shots in this game, but there's so many that just do not even come close to hitting any portion of the net. Or they're, again, just super easy to save going right into a goalie's pads or through no traffic to where the goalie just has to stick his glove out and make the save. So... It's one thing for Arizona to have a lack of shots tonight, but you look at where they were coming from and what they were doing to generate opportunities. That's why they scored the goals. And that's why the wild did not, because it's just like the, just the level, the danger, the high danger level of these shots is like negative. uh, What the wild are, are getting right now. So very frustrating uh, again. Well, it depends. (laughs) It depends on if it's frustrating. If you want to see this team get to the postseason, it's very frustrating. If you are okay with them getting a top ten draft pick, it's just a, it's just another game. Like people are going to see my mentality flip considerably now that we've got it out there. We have it in the open that we are looking to the draft. Lockdown Wild is looking to the draft. Now you get that weight off your shoulders to where you're not like fighting and clawing for every single point you can get. You're just, if they, if they win, I'm obviously going to root for Mark Andre Fleury to get his 552nd win. I want to see that happen so that it's taken care of so that it's out of the way. So that we don't have to sweat that the entire rest of the season. But if you don't beat a team you're in front of your draft position improves, that's it's as simple as it is. It's just it's it's almost cathartic to to just breathe it into the uh, into the air and just be okay with that being the most likely outcome for this uh, for this season. Like that that's just that's just where I'm at at this point. Like I know we got 40 games left, but despite the fact that it has been billed as the fourth year, third or fourth easiest schedule the rest of the way, um, you still have to beat the teams that you play. And to this point. One, seven, and one in their last nine games. That is worse than that. Is probably I'd have to look. Let me <laughs> let me look. I don't want to throw something out there that's not accurate. Yeah, you know, 
what what adds to it is you know there are some affordable losses in the NHL, but you know when you drop two to the Jets, you drop two to Dallas, and now you lose to the you know the Coyotes at home. It's it's really not okay. And you know these are Central Division opponents that are must wins if you really want to make a push for the playoffs. And clearly there's no initiative happening, and it's it's unfortunate that the Wild have dug this hole this much. Um, you know obviously Chicago is like the only team behind them, and it's it's just kind of where the season's at right now you can't win game you can you can beat boston twice sure but you know if you drop easy games not easy games but winnable games against the coyotes and jets and you should be able to split with both dallas and winnipeg if you really want to make contention and that's just not happening and this team is definitely digging a hole that's it's going to become too deep to dig out of sometime yeah it's just uh it's a mess and as John notes, it is tough to uh, to try to keep interest in this mix because of what continues to happen. And there are a lot of questions as to kind of why nobody has been discussing, um, in particular, the general manager, why nobody has been discussing why this team is the way that they are. Um, I mean... Until we until we hear otherwise, playoffs or bust continues to be the um, continues to be the mo for this team. <laughs> They're not going to make the playoffs. So, what we're going to do, what we're going to do to um, try to sell interest is this: is look at areas that this team can improve by drafting somebody in the top 10 in the draft. There are some good names that this team clearly could use from a talent perspective. And so that's kind of how you sell it. Maybe you look at places that some of these players can go. Um, there are, there are plenty of ways to be able to, um, there are plenty of ways to be able to sell content on this team even if the winds continue to uh continue to um be few and far in between um <laughs> i'm not gonna read that comment on air but i did appreciate the uh the front end of it um yeah if you want to look at like from a cell perspective uh it is probably going to be names like pat maroon like Brandon Duhame, those are going to be the pieces that you can most um, easily trade at the deadline. But honestly, like I said, I think I'm to the point where regardless of if a guy is easy to trade or not, you're going to have to, you're going to have to move a lot because again, I think you want to look at what has transpired with this roster. I think there has been an element of complacency that regardless of the results, everybody's locked in and, you know, hey, if if we go through a rough stretch, we'll all be here next year. And I think if you have that element on your roster, that probably is not something that you should have. And so not only that, but um, I think this team just is so devoid of legitimate top six talent. Like you've got Kirill, you have a bunch of guys that are probably middle six. You don't really have anybody other than Kaprizov that fits legitimately a top line role. Yeah. And so until they can get some dynamic impact scoring, 
this this is all just gonna continue to happen like no no offense like no shot against like mark uh, marco rossi who continues to i know he's going through a little bit of a scoring rut here but i i don't think he's a top line guy jewel erickson is not a prototypical top line center like they just don't have bona fide top line guys that can just step in and take over guys can play well in spurts depending on the matchups but it seems like everybody who has been put into those top spots, with the exception of Kirill Kaprizov, the bill always comes due. Eventually, they go quiet. And so th- that is a huge need for this team as well, is they just they need to um, they, they really just need to. Figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> Figure it out. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. I I, I just could not uh, <laughs> could not come up with the words to uh, to fill that out. Um, I'm just looking because um, seeing if there's anything that has happened on Twitter that is worth um, mentioning. But yeah, as Jesse notes, Matt Zuccarello called tonight's performance at home embarrassing. Says the fans deserve better. I think they deserve more. And trust me, we work every day to give them a little bit more. It and you know, respectfully to Matt Zuccarello, and this sounds like this is what happened. So, uh, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, I knew that. I was like, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> we have for the third time this season had a closed door meeting in the Minnesota Wild locker room. So. That is why that that's that. And so props, props to Zach for um, catching that, that it seemed like it was taking way too long for Heinz to come out to the podium, closed door meeting for the third time this season. So I don't know. It's just like, it, it is very clearly there's something massively wrong above what this team was dealing with coming into the season. Like we know what they were dealing with, but this team was able to, they've been able to contend in the past. They've been able to win games in the past. And there just is something that has just turned the season completely upside down. So um, yeah, I, beyond that, um, I got a lot of thoughts that are going to work their way into episodes here over the course of this week. Um, but beyond that, I just am kind of anxious to, uh, to get on the road and, uh, not have to deal with 40, 50 below for the uh, majority of the night. So before we go, uh, Zach, any final thoughts for, uh, tonight's matchup? Yeah. You know, obviously this homestand and it's not going too hot. Obviously the season's at a weird little drought. Um, but yeah, I mean, when you have a closed door meeting, it just goes to show that your expectations are not being met. You know, I don't really hear a lot about these bottom feeding teams having closed door meetings or three times during the year. At least I don't follow that, but I also don't know how uh, consistent they have them. But when the Wild have three, you know, you fired your head coach earlier this year. It's something's wrong. And and clearly this team knows that. And I think Zuccarello is 100 percent right with his quote that. Obviously, this team's trying to to perform well, and when the fans don't get what they deserve, it's it's frustrating as a player, um, and that's exactly the the mission, and the and the and the message. Sorry, not the me- the the message. All right, I mean, I'm 
yeah, it's just it just sums up the night right there. Um, yeah, it's just a dud of a game, and it was interesting. Yeah, Gustafson, man, like the whole hype was he's coming back, and yes, he's been injured. Who even knows if he's a hundred percent? But when he comes out like that, it's tough to see as a Wild fan, and you hope for the best with him and obviously Wallstead then, and it's like it just feels like we're going in a goalie carousel. No, I'm kidding, but yeah, I don't know. It's, <laughs> there's a lot going through my head right now, and I think a lot of fans agree with that. Um. But, yeah, at least they're having closed-door meetings. It says a lot about the mission of the team. Um, yeah, it's got to beat New York Islanders if you want to get out of this. But if that doesn't happen, man, we're, we're in some, some deep stuff. Yeah, because you go play on the road in this order, Florida, Tampa Bay, and Carolina. So, yeah, you might have one winnable game the rest of this month, and it's the Anaheim Ducks and on Hockey Day Minnesota. And I don't think you can even circle that as a winnable game at this point. So, Vibes are not great, and uh, I think we're going to leave it at that. We'll have um, – I'm I'm going to just be inside watching football all day tomorrow, so I might try to um, – I might try to formulate all of this into another episode because, you know, that's the thing is that there are a lot of questions and there are a lot of different routes to go. So we'll, uh, we'll try to formulate some thoughts, and uh, we'll be back with you again yeah. tomorrow. But – that's going to wrap it up. Zach, thanks for uh, for helping out up Thank here you. in the booth. And uh, listeners, make sure to follow Locked on Wild wherever you listen to your podcast. Make sure to uh, follow the, yes, as Amanda mentions, make sure to check out the PWHL coming tomorrow afternoon, uh, 3 p.m. tomorrow. I'll be watching. And um, that's that's the chance that's the chance that we have for winning hockey right yeah, now here. A winning hockey team in Minnesota. So let's uh okay. let's get them a win and uh yeah. Beyond that, thanks for hanging out everybody. Uh stay warm and uh we'll uh we'll see if this wagon gets back on track on Monday. If not, it's just another uh another loss closer to uh, a higher draft position. So it's not all bad, but um, that's it for tonight's Lockdown Wild postcast. Listeners, thanks for tuning in. And uh, you can find new content every Monday through Friday as part of the Locked On Podcast Network.